0: If you have your Bibles with you, once you take them out, please, and uh, turn to the Book of Philippians. And today, the subject I'd like to cover, um, along in uh, looking at this scripture, verse um, chapter three, verse twelve, is a is our verse for today. And in that, what I'd like to look at is a subject about. Our um, growth in in Christianity as Christians, as sons and daughters of of the Most High. And if time allows, I'd also like to speak a little bit about our um, purpose. So uh, our Christian purpose as believers as well. We'll see quite a bit from from this um, verse. But I'll read from verse 10, just again to put it together. And then concentrate on verse 12. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10 says this. That I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His suffering being conformed to His death. Verse 11. If by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. And then verse 12. Not that I have already attained or I am already perfected. But I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid a hold of me. Another translation puts it this way. Not that I have already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on To take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Father, bless your word and speak to us, your children, through your most holy word. I thank you, Lord, that your word says that your word is indeed truth. In Jesus' name. So last week I said Paul kind of concludes this last part of um, uh, his thoughts about uh, his life purpose. I said uh, that he, you know, we we looked at the fact that he would um, desire and understand why the resurrection power of Christ was important for him and why it is important for us today. Uh, We looked and uh, studied what it meant to have fellowship of his suffering. And then being conformed to his death. The truth about us as Christians is that no one is perfect. We agree, you agree with me? No one is perfect. You might think you are. In fact, I know someone who you know, would say his comment or his um, his um, word. Uh, you know, I'd say you know you 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 you're good. But you're not perfect. And you say to me, yeah, you're right. But you know what? I'm pretty close to being perfect. And I, you know, it's, it's tongue in cheek. and um, But there's almost pride and arrogance in that statement, isn't it? No one is perfect. The very Apostle Paul uh, himself would say he wasn't perfect. Um, he had not attained his life ambition, as we saw in verse 10. He was still wanting to live this life that God has allowed him to have for the glory of the king, to get to know him more. He was not perfect. Um, He found himself, after a quarter of a century, like I mentioned, he was still actively pursuing the knowledge of Christ. And that's a big thing. It's a big thing for us as Christians, yeah. We need to be a, a people who... Uh, It doesn't matter how long we've been serving Christ for. We can never exhaust um, the learnings that God gives us or allows us to have. We need to be ones who are actively pursuing knowing Him more, knowing His ways. The reason Paul could say that he's actively pursuing this uh, this glorious King Jesus is because he realized that um, this Christian life, And can I also remind us, this Christian life is a process. It is not an event. So this Christian life is not not the day that you got saved, bam, the event took place. Of course, things happened, spiritually things happened. We know the word says that when one gives their heart to Christ Jesus, there's a party, there's celebration in heaven, so something does happen. That's the event. But for the rest of us here on earth, it's a journey, it's a process, it's not the end. So Paul starts here in verse 12, he says, not that I have already attained. Now you see, the word attained means to receive, to grasp, to appropriate, or to lay hold of. In Today, in modern English, modern day, we use the word arrived rather than attained. Paul did not want to give the impression that he had arrived in his pursuit of the excellent knowledge of Christ. I wonder where you are in your Christian walk, in your Christian pursuit of, of living this Christian difficult life in inverted commas. I wonder whether we, 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 um, we acknowledge that we need to pursue him more we acknowledge that we need to know his you know his mercy through his mercies he's shown us a whole bunch of stuff in our lives some more than others it it is a journey but i wonder whether we are still longing for more and it's not been uh dissatisfied with what he has given us it's not been ungrateful because um there has to be more i'm not satisfied with this There is is that sense of not being satisfied completely because there's more. Not that we're not happy, but there's just more. I wonder whether we think like that. Whether we um, live our lives with that notion, with that thought. There has to be more. I'm sure you've said that in your minds. I'm sure you've looked at your life and said, God, there has to be more. Can I take us back and say, yes, God, there has to be more. But thank you for all that you have showed me. Thank you for all that you have allowed me to walk through and have and possess and give. Thank you, Lord, for this life that you have, this life that is so, so short. But you have graciously allowed for me to experience your glories and your mercies and your, and your love. But yes, there's more. Why? Because I'm still alive. Why? Because he hasn't, te- he hasn't called you and I home yet. We're still here. Therefore, there has to be more that He wants to show us. There has to be more that He wants to expose us to. I wonder whether that happens or that, that kind of thought goes into your mind. Or do we think to ourselves, oh man, oh, another day. Here I go, Monday morning comes and ooh, I've got to deal with those people again. But yes, it's part of life. We have been called to different places. But a key, a part of our key reason for this life is that we are to shine the light of Jesus Christ. Why? Because He lives in you and I. That power of the resurrection that Paul was speaking about, Paul needed that to continue serving Christ after a quarter of a century. We still need the power of the resurrection life of Jesus, the Holy Spirit in us, to continue living this life unto Him, to Him. And to His glory. And truth be told, if I've got to be honest, is most of us, and you, um, you can say I'm lying to you, or you can disagree with me. And if you do, uh, I'm gonna prove this point. But most of us want to give an I- impression that we are super saints. It's true. I know that's true of me. I want to give an impression when I meet people or uh, when I'm looking at you guys or speaking to you or interacting. I want to give an impression that I'm a super saint. I'm, I'm, uh, I've, I've attained. I've arrived. I've done. Or God has exposed me to more things than you and so I'm maybe better than you. In inverted commas. That's human nature. Human nature calls us to, well, almost pretend because we want to look good. Because we want to feel good. Because we don't want to look, we don't want to seem as though we don't know things. Especially us guys. Like, guys, guys, huh? guys, we got a problem with that. We do. We, to, we act as though we've got it all together. <laughs> Meanwhile, we might be crumbling inside. We might be crumbling inside. Yet we just want to hold it up and say, no, I've got it together. Uh, I've got it, I've got it. The truth is you don't have it. Apostle Paul didn't have it. He did not have it. We are not different to him. We want to make the impression that we have arrived. And the trouble is, when we do this, we, we are in trouble. For then we deceive ourselves. We deceive ourselves, and not necessarily others, but we deceive ourselves ourselves. Um, into believing we do not need to grow anymore. Do you believe you need to grow more in your Christian walk, in this life God has allowed you to have? Or do you think you've arrived? I wonder where you're, where you're at with that, if you have to really look, look at yourself and ask yourself that question. See, as long as Paul was alive, God has a, had a purpose for him. and It's true of us Christians, us, as, as his children. As long as we have breath in our lungs, there is a purpose that God has for us. That purpose is that we may uh, glorify his holy name. Yes, the road will, it, it, it goes, there's ebbs and flows, there's ups and downs, and, and jungle, and corners, and all sorts of things that we've got to go through, but the fact is the road has been paved for you and I. The road has been paved for you and I. You uh, often mentioned this scripture, um, Ephesians 2.10, God has predestined, or He has foreordained our path. He has called you, He has pe- worked it out for you. All we need to do is to walk, it, walk into it. For his glory. And at the same time for our benefit. And for the rest of our benefits. Not just me, my benefit. But for your benefit. And your walk, I benefit from as well. See, So Paul knew as long as he was alive, he had a purpose. For whatever purpose Paul remained on the earth, he it was not completed yet. You would think, of a century, however long you have pers- lived on this earth serving Christ, maybe as best as you can, you think, uh, what well, I've done. I've done what I need to do. I've done what I need to do. And and here's here's another thing that uh, I think uh, we fall short or we, we, um, we are guilty of. Most Christians, in inverted commas, most, is we think, because we're not standing up and preaching the word of God, or we're not preachers or pastors or we're not kind of forefront in in the work of God then we are kind of secondary, secondary citizens. That is the biggest load of lies under the sun. If you are saved, if God has called you son and daughter it means he has a purpose for you and then he has decided where he's going to place you. So wherever he's placed you, so whether it's South Africa Whether it's you come from the Netherlands, Holland, Kenya, wherever it might be, God has preordained, He's worked it out. And our purpose, so even in in your work environment, in your family environment, the places where he's, He's allowed you to be there for His glory, for His purpose, for your benefit and for others as well. So we must never diminish the fact that uh, we all have an important role to play wherever we're called. Just because you don't stand on a, a soapbox or a box and preach the word of God, proclaim His, His word out in a our, in our loud voice, doesn't make you any less different or any less important to the person who's speaking out loud, to the person who's, out there, to that missionary out in Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan, That place, that missionary is as important to God as you are in your family. Why? Because God has, has decided. He has allowed for you to be in that, the place where He has placed you for His glory and for His purpose. And we need to get that. We need to be reminded of that. I need to be reminded of that. I cannot compare myself to the next person and we say, I wish I was like them. Uh, No, you're not them. God hasn't called you to be them. He's called you to be you. And if that's the case, I need to be confident in who God has created me to be and allow for Him to operate through me that He may get the glory, that He may get the, the, the glory, that He may get all that He has decided. Because God will get His glory and God will not share His glory with any man, He says in His word. He will not share. I mean, Moses says, "Won't you show me Your glory? How will I just want to? I just want to see. I just want to show, show show me Your glory." God says, "I can't show you My glory." So God walks past, and Moses sees uh, the back of God, of God and the glory of God from the back. I mean, God's glory is. Have you ever? In my head I was thinking, why does God do that? Why does God say that I will not share my glory with any person? If he does, he then ceases to be God. Because we are not on the same wavelength, not on the same um, level. You know, remember the scriptures that say that the heavens are higher than the earth. Your ways are higher than my, um, his ways are higher than our ways. We are not on the same level. God is in heaven, we are here on earth. There's a different, there's a distinct difference. But the fact remains that you have been called of him. You have, he has given you a reason. There's a reason why you're here. There's a reason why. Here's another thought. Acts 1726 speaks about God has. Decided the times and places that we are to be born, the time and places that we are to live, so that we can look for him, it says, and search for him. Not that he is far away, but so that we can search for him and find him, and he'll reveal himself uh, uh, to us. Why? God has decided we are, uh, that we are to be born in this century. We had to be born in this time. We had to go through the COVID se- season. It, God decided, God allowed for that to be because He knows our tomorrow. Have you ever wondered why? why? If God does know that, then I need to be in, like Paul. I need to give myself to Him and say, God, there has to be more. I want to know more. I want to live this life as best as I can for you. The fact that you're still alive, the fact that I'm still alive, means that um, our work is not completed here on earth. You agree? Your work is not. Some of us might think, might wish that our work was completed, but uh, you can wish your work is completed. But I'm sorry to tell you, but it's not your decision to make. It's God Almighty. He decides. He decided what time or when you will be. You will enter into this realm of the world. And He has decided, He has preordained the day that you will leave this world and go to, the, to Him and be with Him. So as much as we might wish to go sooner than we ought to, um, I'm, sorry, I'm afraid to say it's not your decision. So what you need to do, what you and I need to do is realize that the, we, it's out of control. We, can't, we cannot control that. So best we live within those means. And best we then give God the glory. Best we live out and find out what He has called us to do and do it as best as we can. Because when we realize that, um, then we will be those who, it does not matter. We are not shaken. Just like Paul. Paul was not shaken by the dire events that were around him. Are you shaken by the die events that are that are going on in your life, or are you confident that god still got you God still got you? Paul was confident God still had him i mean he's writing this book while whilst he's in prison I think if it, if we were in his shoes we would we would be thinking differently, you say, God will take me home, obviously my work, my my purpose in inverted commas is done, I'm in prison, what can I do, what more can I do, but Paul, because he knew that um, Jesus Christ is the rock that um, is in his life, He, he knew that his purpose and he's got a plan for him, and that part of the plan was to allow Paul to get to prison, that's a very, that's not a cruel plan. What kind of God allows His children to go to prison? A God who has a greater plan that, than, you, than you can understand. What kind of God allows things to happen in our lives? My dear friends, a God who knows better than you and I. A God who knows what tomorrow holds, for we do not know. Paul was not shaken. See, Paul knew God will keep him on earth until his assignment was finished. Paul knew that. The only time that you might, and I say this in inverted commas because, you know, the only time that you might leave this earth before your predetermined time is if you're completely and you're just a rebel. You're rebellious against God's ways, and in God's mercy, He will call unto you. He will um, uh, love you. He will He will do all that He can to try and woo you back, draw you back. But if you are just so rebellious that your heart is just so so um, callous, the only other option He has is to take you away from this earth. So to save you so that you can be with Him in um, eternity. Now remember, this, this saving is not salvation saving. It's not. If you have been saved, you have been saved. You can be saved today and decide to rebel against God. Yet you'll still be with God in heaven. Are you with me? It's not a lesson now to go and rebel against God. But that just shows the the love of Jesus Christ. That he can save me and pave a way for me to be with him in eternity. That yet, then on this uh, part of the the grave, I can decide to rebel and be against him and, and go out against him. But in his mercy, you know, he will call you home. Because then he, sa- he 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 keeps you. Remember, this life part of it, as we spoke about last week, is this p- Christian life is there's a reward that we that we are living for. We're not just living life just because uh, we're waiting for God to come and take us home. No, there's a reward for us to to achieve, to attain at the end of the of this race. But God is merciful, and God is loving. It's another. Preach another subject to to um, to talk about, because um, God says He has preordained, He has gone ahead and prepared. Yet He, he says uh, that if you're rebellious, he can. He, he the only time that he, that He will take you before your appointed time is. But it's almost a contradiction. Uh, so, the, but of course, God knew that uh, you m- will be rebellious. You will get to the place, and because He's been already ahead of time. It might be all confusing, I know. That's why one needs a bit of time to look at those things. But the reality is God knows. God is from the beginning, in between to the very end. Our task is that we have been saved. He, is, he sent His Son to die for us, and we will spend eternity with Him forever. Our relationship is, is, is secure in Him. But then whilst we're here, we need to live with um the outlook, that there are rewards to be had. This life is not just, oh, just arrive in heaven. Ooh, I made it. I made it. No, no, it's not like that. You just don't bounce into heaven. You just didn't make it. There's more to be had. More to be had here on this earth and more to be had in heaven. So Paul continues and he says, "Um, not that I have already... Attained, or am already perfected. Now there are three levels of sanctification in the Christian life, in the in the saint's life. I've mentioned this before, but I thought it would be worthwhile just to remind us of those three um, those three levels. And the reason for that is because once we understand those three levels again, it helps us to continue living this life with a purpose. It helps us to continue living this life. Um, in a way that will bring God the glory, that whatever happens in our lives, whatever God allows to come to us as we are um, bound on this earth, we understand that God is, he is sovereign. We don't understand everything, but He is sovereign. So the first sanctification process um, is each saint, each Christian, each born-again believer is uh, sanctified, Positionally, he or she holds the same status that Jesus holds before the Father. Now that's a hard one. You and I, before the Father, hold the same status quo as Jesus. I know you, you, that's it, hard for you to understand. It's hard for you to believe. It's hard for me to believe that too. We need the Holy Spirit to help us understand that. See, this sanctification can never improve. So that's why... Your salvation, the the justification, can never, ever improve. It's done. Jesus Christ has paid for it. It's done. It can never improve. It was given to us entirely at the point of salvation. Which means that we stand perfect in our status. (laughs) I stand perfect in our status. You stand perfect before God in your status. Not in your experience. Not in your experience. In your experience, we sin. In our experience, we sin. In our experience, we, we fall short of God's glory here on earth. We do. And that's why we've got to repent and go back to Him and say, God, uh, forgive me. I have sinned. Yet I am perfect. My status before God is perfect. Therefore, once I'm, if I go to heaven now, I am perfect before God. That's why I'm, I'm allowed to be with God. I spend eternity in His presence because my status is perfect. Yet whilst I'm here on earth, I still fall short. I still sin. Our status in God's eyes is perfect because Christ, of Christ's work on the cross. We cannot do more than that. We cannot improve on that. We cannot diminish that. Christ's work on the cross is perfect and it's done. And He gave that unto us. The second level of sanctification is, is known as the progressive sanctification. It's known as the progressive experiential sanctification. If all things are equal, every day we grow more like the Lord Jesus Every day we grow more like the Lord Jesus. As 2 Corinthians um, chapter 3, verse 18 says to us. So whilst we're still here on earth, every day, if all things are equal, if we're not uh, um, rebellious and trying to do our own things, we are growing more. Even within that, we are growing more and more like Jesus Christ. Because we are conformed. To him, the word says, every day. But here's a, here's a problem for us. Here's a challenge for us here on earth. Is that when we stop growing, you know, like a child, a child has to grow. If a child stops growing, we, there's a problem, isn't it? If you stop growing as a Christian, then there's a problem. If you stunt your growth, there's a problem. It's not meant to be like that. In the Christian walk, we're not meant to just remain at the point of salvation. We're meant to grow. We're meant to grow in sanctification, in the sanctification process. So when we stop growing, what happens is that we become static. When we are stationary, when we're not moving, we're not growing, when we are static, we become stagnant. You guys know of a river. What's the difference between a river and a dam? A river a lot flows. It's it's there's it, the water flows, a dam collects, and if a dam if there's no movement, if there's no flowing, the water just accumulates and becomes stagnant. It it, it becomes too much, as it were. Right? You have to have an outlet. That dam has to have something that is fortunate to, to, to allow the water to carry on so that there, there's a continuous uh, process, a continuous flow. If that dam is dammed and it stops, it becomes a problem. It becomes static. It becomes stationary. It becomes stagnant. And when we as Christians stagnate, then we become rotten. Simply said. We become rotten. That dam, when if there's no if there's no water flowing and water and flo- uh, water flowing out, that water becomes rotten. Life ceases to exist. That water, we become off. We become bad, in better terms. So your Christian life actually starts to smell. Does your Christian life smell? Does my Christian life smell? I wonder, and we can fool ourselves. We can, we can, we can uh, be—you know—we can fool ourselves. I don't stink. I don't (laughs) smell, but you will know. (laughs) People around us will know if our Christian life smells. And part of that is because we have become stagnant, because we're not flowing, because we're not growing, and that's a problem. See, our life should be a beautiful aroma to each other and to the world especially. Us as Christians should have this beautiful aroma of Christ to the world and to ourselves. How can you have a beautiful aroma to the world but you have a stench to each other? Your family, your family, how? How is it right? How is it possible? There's something wrong there. But that's how it should be. We should have a beautiful aroma but instead, we give out a stench. And the trouble is, some of us, some Christians, have not grown much in the last ten years. Perhaps in the lo- I mean, the longer you kind of serve Christ, the uh, maybe more that water just gets collected into this dam. You, your life is a dam, and it's just collecting, but it, you know, it's not flowing. It's not going out, and if it's not going out, it's it's. Uh, it's just adding and it's becoming rotten. It's becoming, it's going to be off. It's going, uh, and some, for some Christians, it's already at that point. We don't want to be around those Christians because why they stink? <laughs> Which is not a nice thing. I hope you guys want to be around me because I don't stink in my Christian life. So, maybe some of us haven't grown in the last 10 years. We have little appetite for the Bible. This Word of God, we have little appetite for it. Not out of religiosity. You've got to read your Word. You've got to, you know, um, tick the, 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 that box. Bible reading. And those things are okay. There's nothing wrong with Bible reading programs. Those things are supposed to help us to not remain in a stench. But if you do it out of religiosity, like Paul before he was um, um, a Christian, you stink. Actually, you stink. The key is, we need to believe the word of God. John seventeen seventeen says that the word of God is truth. Do you believe that the word of God is truth? don't have an appetite for the Word of God, if you don't have an appetite for God, you need to ask yourself, what, what's happening? Where are you at? need to look at your life and ask God, show me, show me. Am I, am I becoming a dam that I'm not allowing your water to flow through to others, to bless others, to give life to others? Am I holding it all together to myself? You need, to, And you are the one who has to ask that question. Can I say maybe it's easier if you ask that question, it's easier that when you figure out that you stink, rather than me telling you that you stink, or rather than you telling me that I stink. Best I find out that I stink or I ask myself those questions. It's easier, isn't it? It's it's hurtful when you tell me I stink. But sometimes truth has to be spoken with love to help us. We might temporarily be dead spiritually if we stagnate. When we're in that stage, we are then in a spiritual rut. The third and final level of sanctification is the ultimate sanctification. So the first Uh, was uh, the saint is sanctified positionally. The second is that um, the saint is sanctified. His or her sanctification is progressive. It's experiential. And then now the third, sanctification is the ultimate sanctification. This is where we will be free from sin. And the sin capacity in eternity. That last sanctification process will happen when we see Jesus in heaven. It's not. It's not going to happen now. It hasn't happened the day we got saved. It's not the progressive. It's going to happen when we see our King Jesus. This is the level Paul was talking about. In the phrase. Uh, I'm already perfected. This is the perfection God gives the believer upon his arrival in heaven. So my dear friends, acknowledging and understanding those three uh, states of sanctification then helps us here on earth. It helps us here in time, understanding and acknowledging these truths give us a handle for our lives, regardless of where you are on this journey, or should I say, as Paul using Paul's words, on this race. Remember, every race, if you finish every race, there's a reward. You might um not be the first one who gets the gold award because you won the race but even even if on the wor- in, in on earth you get the wild then because you've crossed the finish line there's still a reward but this race on earth is different to the worldly race it's a race that we all have to we all have to cross this line and in fact we are called to look out for each other as Christians if my brother or sister is battling and is lagging behind, we are called to stop and take our hands around them and run together. So we're not racing to beat each other. We're racing to, to, to finish this race together. And for that, there's a reward. There's a reward for finishing the race, but there's also a reward for helping each other finish the race. So if I look, I made this statement last week and I used Jamie as an example. If I look at Jamie and he's uh, slowly lagging because uh, he's got so much life, it's just so, and I just leave him because I want to finish, because I'm taught I must, I must, I must finish, I've got to finish. Yes, I will get the road because I finished the race, but then I'll get less because I left Jamie behind. If I stop and take him with me and help him, Or if it was the other way around, Jamie's racing, he's ahead of me and he sees uh, that I'm dragging and I'm battling. And he stops and helps me and we we cross the line together. We both get a reward. And in fact, me or Jamie, whoever helped, whoever, gets a double reward. I don't know how it looks like, what it's going to be like, but we're going to get more. Because we are not selfish in our pursuit. And so, this helps us to maybe live our lives a little bit better here on earth. Knowing that we have been saved, we are, our status quo is perfect before God. Should He come now, should I die today, I am perfect before God. I have uh, eternity is guaranteed, so there's no question about that. But whilst I'm still here, like Paul, I am then to, I am being sanctified, I am being changed, I'm being conformed, I'm being transformed into the image and likeness of, our, of, our, of my King Jesus. And that's a process, it's not, a, it's not an event, it's, it's a process. And so. And then one day I will be completely sanctified, where there will be no more sin. I will not have that, the, the, the flesh will not be fighting against me, it will be working with me. And oh boy, how I look forward to that day. But I'm still here, therefore there's a purpose. Next week, if time allows, or... Oh, We'll speak about purpose, but I think it's important for us to understand that sanctification process is a process, and it is necessary. Yes, there has been, but there's more. But the more is not disregarding what has been, disregarding what has been. But be thankful for where God has allowed you to come from, and that path to where He's got you now. And then asking Him, God, in this sanctification process, what do you have? What, am I, what are you seeing? And then show me, Father, where I have dammed up in my life. Help me to see so that I can you know, unblock those pipes that are, that are blocked. So I can freely allow you to flow in my life. For your glory, King Jesus, but also for the sake of my family and friends. So our Christian life must remain vital. We need to grow our Christian lives every day. We never arrive. You know, a stalemate in chess, there's chess players uh, around us, is when the game can go no, no further because both players have reached... Um, a stalemate. They've reached a deadlock. It's done. The Christian can never reach that stalemate in time. Nothing can so daunt the Christian that he or she cannot continue to grow. So it doesn't matter whether you're in prison, whether you're in a hospital bed, bound in in, in hospital, or whether you are in Timbuktu, or the states, or wherever. Whether you're in Israel at this time, nothing can daunt us from or stop us from growing. On the other hand, in closing, we cannot arrive spiritually in this life on earth. We can never arrive. There's always more to be to grow. There's always room to grow. Always room. To grow more like the Lord Jesus and be conformed to His image. See, every Christian can say that we are not what we once were. I'm sure you can testify that. You are not who you were before. But we can also say that we are not what we shall be. We are not what we were before. Thank you, Jesus. But we are not what we shall be. There's more for us to grow. So leave us with uh, these two questions. Are you different today than you were a year ago? It's not so far ago as I was going to say 10 years ago. So, a year ago. Are you any different? Or oh, with all honesty, are you? Ask, ask yourself that question and answer. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you answer that truthfully. Because again, we can, lie, we can try to lie to ourselves. We can fool ourselves. And then lastly, in this wonderful life that God has allowed us to have, are you going on with the Lord? Jesus? Are you allowing Him to guide you and lead you and and all those good things? Or is your dam just so full and it's uh, there is no outflow? Do you stink? Father, thank you for your word. Thank you Lord for the truth of your word God. Thank you Lord for the, the This understanding of sanctification, God, that we are saved, justified upon the day of salvation. We are being saved, the process of sanctification, and that we will be saved. Glorification, one day when we see you face to face. Help me to answer those questions honestly. And help my friends this morning to do the same. May this life, Lord, be one that brings glory to your most holy name in every area in Jesus' name. Amen.